Welcome to episode 88 of the Swamp Flicks Podcast. My name is Brandon Lede. And I'm Brittany Lomboss. And we are recording in Brittany's apartment in Pigeontown, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And this is the movie review website Swamp Flicks in podcast form. Oof, yes. Last episode I said it was episode 86. And I was wrong. So that's why we skipped the number. Uh, there, there is no episode 87 on the book. <laughs> that books. could be like the 13th floor <laughs> yeah, that building's missing. avoid. Yeah. Just, what was that? What was the number? Oh, 87 is missing. Okay. I was going to say we can 86, 86. We're going to 86, 87. We're going to 86, 87. And now we're 88. That's right. Okay. So what are you bringing to episode 88, Brittany? What, what movies have you been watching lately? Other than the ones that we're going to be talking about later. I haven't been picking some great things, so I'm going to oh, talk no. about two shitty things. I've been watching a lot of mediocre movies. Yeah. It's just hot outside, and I'm like dumb, and I can't watch anything smart because my brain's just not working great. Yes, which is why I'm binging on reality TV right now, which I'm really excited because there is a Real Housewife connection to one of the films we're talking about later oh. on today, which I'm going to freak out about. But I'm going to start with the one that wasn't as bad, and I'm going to end with the one that like freaked me out the most. Okay. Okay. So... There's a film called The Sun that just came out on Netflix. It's an Argentinian film that I think came out in theaters in Argentina um, in May. And it got released like about a week ago on Netflix. And it's also known as El Hio, which I think means sun in Spanish, right? Do you take Spanish? Yeah, The Sun. Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, I didn't. So just wanted to throw that out there. H-I-J-O? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's Hio, that's right? right? Okay, not Hijo. Yes, that's right. Not Hijo. <laughs> I took Spanish so long ago. Okay, but yeah, that's right. Good, that's yeah. good. One of my biggest regrets is like not taking Spanish in high school. So it's about this guy named Lorenzo. And he's an artist and used to be like, uh, I think like a college art professor. And he has a much younger wife that he's, I guess, more recently been married to. Um, I don't even think they've been together for more than like six months or so. And her name is Sigrid. Well, Sigrid's kind of weird, but not to the point where you're like, whoa, something's up with her. You're like, oh, she's kind of quiet and keeps to herself. Not the most outgoing, but Lorenzo's kind of weird as well. And she gets pregnant for him. Now, she's also a biologist and she begins to like diagnose herself with a bunch of shit. And doctors are like, we need to run tests before we can give you this kind of medicine. And she's like, I ran the test on biologists give me this medicine. And they're like, no. So she starts like medicating herself and like a hypochondriac or I don't know. Hmm. Nothing is really made clear in this movie. Okay. okay? <laughs> so she starts like injecting herself and she's, you know, Lorenzo makes this crazy looking mural in the baby's room and she paints over it. And she's like, no bright colors for the baby. It's not good for him. Like these weird rules. And Lorenzo just ha- doesn't have anything to do with her pregnancy. Like, she doesn't let him in. And might I mention that he does have other children that he's not, like, a part of their lives. And, of course, it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, it's because the mother won't let me be. The mother won't let me be. One of those dads. So, Lorenzo is a bit of an absent father. And she's in control of this pregnancy very much. And he's absent from it. And from the way we're we're seeing it more through his lens, where... Oh, I'm trying and she's not allowing me. And then she hires someone to help her with the pregnancy and then childbirth and with raising the child, kind of like a nanny. And it's this old woman who is kind of mysterious as well. She goes into labor and Lorenzo can hear her. And then the room gets locked. Like they just keep him out completely. 
she gives birth to the baby and Lorenzo like isn't even allowed to see the baby. It's like mother. And Jennifer Lawrence is like keeping the baby away from the. <laughs> yes. The yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. And I made that connection. <laughs> so he keeps trying to like see his son, Henrik, and she's just not letting him. And there's just all kinds of weird stuff going on where she's very specific about what environment the baby's in, who can see him, who can touch him. He never leaves the house. Like, it gets really weird. And he becomes, like, really suspicious and starts to kind of follow the nanny when she leaves the house with him to see where she's bringing his son and all this kind of creepy stuff. And then one day he gets into an altercation with Sigrid and he kind of nudges her and she hits the ground and like gets a bloody face and calls the cops and then she gets a restraining order put against him where he can't see his son and he calls upon the help of his ex-girlfriend who is a lawyer that was one of his former students who was married to someone else who I think was a former student as well to help him um, see his son and then his wife agrees and she says okay I'll agree with an arrangement where he can come and see Henrik and yada, yada, yada. Well, he goes to see him and he's like, this isn't my son. So he's convinced that they've replaced Henrik with another baby Weird. to keep the real Henrik from him. So I'm not going to give away the ending, but it's not great. Okay. <laughs> no no questions are ever answered. Ugh. Pretty much, there's like a weird lab that, you know, she's a biologist with a lab and everything that we kind of see. And you can assume that like weird shit's being done to this baby, which like, oh, you know, she was injecting herself while she was pregnant and very specific about what happens to it. So I don't know if she was experimenting with this kid oh. or something like that. Like, you don't, you just don't know and you never find That's out. That's the worst. Make a choice. It's so shitty. And then at the same time, it's one of those like... I hate movies like that where it's like, oh, women are so evil and men are just trying to be good fathers, but no one ever believes the man when he's trying to be a good dad kind of thing. So at the same time, I'm like, well, maybe we're meant to look at this as like, this is Lorenzo's perspective. What if he's just fucking crazy? And none of this was really happening. And he was just being crazy like that, which would mean why he doesn't see his other children. Because probably that mom's like, I'm not dealing with this crazy bullshit. You're not going to see your fucking kids. Because you're a paranoid lunatic. Exactly. Okay, so you added me to this psycho bitty Facebook group. My favorite thing in the world. Uh, it's full of weirdos who post very like unsettling things all day. It's good. They've been right? hung up on uh, Faye Dunaway's uh, Her slapping, slapping incident <laughs> in a really gross way, but I find their take on it I'm also in a, um, a Mommy Dearest meme group called oh, Mommy's Memes. Yeah. I can add you to that. I think I'm good. It's just like a <laughs> lot of like clips of her with the window open saying, Christina, damn it. <laughs> Where I'm going with that, though, okay. is that I'm starting to see psycho biddies everywhere because they, like, sort of over-diagnose movies and, like, oh, this character's a psycho biddy when they're, like, you know, 20 years old and can't qualify. Right. Uh, but I am getting a psycho biddy vibe from this, like, woman who's, like, losing control of how much medication she actually needs and, like, hiding this baby away. I mean, does that qualify? Or is she even given enough to do? For She's that not to- even given enough to do. Yeah, I mean, he'd be a psycho bitty if there was, was some male psycho bitty. Psycho geezer. <laughs> He's a psycho geezer because he is old. So I don't know. I could see that same story being interesting if she was like sort of losing her mind on camera and or like she had more of a role she barely has a role in this movie That's like upsetting. she's so silent and they i guess they do it to keep her like mysterious but i feel like i'm giving it too much life it's really not that good okay so, so avoid the ego unless you want to like i don't know put something on while you're eating a big bowl of spaghetti or something you know whatever <laughs> throw that thing on 
that's a lot of netflix movies in general yeah, yeah. just kind of background noise you know mm. fold your um, laundry to it yes this is a good fold your laundry to film well the other movie i watched i think you would really like it mm. <laughs> And it's one of those films where I'm like, did I like it or did I fucking hate it? Because it was so weird and disgusting. Oh, that's the best. So it's called The Quiet. I've never heard of it. It's a film from 2005. And it's about a girl. Her name's Dot and she's deaf. And she's like a teenager. And her mom died like when she was younger. And then her dad dies while she's probably like 16 or 17 years old. And she has no family left. So she goes to move in with the Deer family. And the mother of this family is Edie Falco. Mm. And the father is Martin Donovan. I feel like he plays a lot of dad roles in general. Character actor, Martin Donovan. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're her godparents. And they also have a daughter. And the daughter um, is played by Alicia Cuthbert. She was like in some of those, like, I can't think of it, but like the girl next door type movies from the early 2000s. Like comedies? Yes. Okay, yeah. If you'd see her, you'd recognize her. Well, she's a total asshole and she terrorizes Dot. Like Dot's at school, you know what I mean? She's deaf and like all her family's dead. So this chick is like kind of more of a popular girl and she'll make fun of Dot and her and her friends kind of pick at her and like, oh, what a freak. She's deaf. Just like mean. And there's something weird going on at the home of this dear family. So... Edie Falco's character, she's like a mother, but she's addicted to pain pills. So she's constantly like popping pills and passing out. And the father is the weirdest fucker because he has a secret affair going on with his daughter. Oh, yeah. No. To where they'll be like at the dinner table and he'll be like, you can't go to the library. And then while the mom's not looking, she'll like rub his leg with her feet I was like, come on, can I go, Dad? Like, weird. And he, like, buys her gifts and stuff like that. Like, 16, 17. Eek! No! I know! (laughs) So, (laughs) he, like, buys her, like, nice purses and stuff like that. And, like, when the mom passes out from her pill binge, like, he goes into her room and they, like, have sex. On camera? I mean, not, I mean, ish. Not, like, intensely on camera. But they're underneath, like, her girly silk sheets. So, like, a Hollywood love-making scene between a father and a daughter. It's so weird. And so (laughs) Dot is, like, deaf, but she knows what's going on. And the thing is, is, like, everyone kind of uses Dot to get everything off their chest, like, all their secrets, because they're like, oh, you're deaf. So you can't even hear what I'm saying. But it makes me feel better by telling you. So she tells Dot, like, you know, I've been effing my dad. And here's this weird thing I do with his nipples. No. (laughs) And I'm going to kill him tonight (laughs) (laughs) because I fucking hate him. And I fucking hate that I love him. Like weird stuff. Right. I mean, maybe he deserves it. (laughs) Possibly. Right. So that's kind of like the premise of the film is, is she going to kill her dad? And is Dot really deaf? Because there's some stuff that starts to happen where you're like, is she deaf or not? And it's really hard to figure out like who's a good person in this movie and who isn't. But I've never seen, like, a more fucked up, like, incest type movie yeah. than this one. That and I wasn't expecting it, period. Because I saw Edie Falco. She's, like, a credible actress. Sure, I'll watch this. 
whoa what's the tone of the film is it like trying to terrorize you like it's like a thriller okay like a thriller and it's like the early 2000s like teen thriller vibe like you kind of get those notes of i know what you did last summer kind of okay going in the air but then it's like kind of trashy lifetime as well i could i could get into this right i like to feel uncomfortable with that stuff it was it sounds super very uncomfortable. uncomfortable yeah right like after she like confessed what she was doing with her father i was like i don't want to finish watching it but then i was like i want to see if he dies right <laughs> so right, then right. i finished watching it and whoo the quiet it's a lot of garbage but yeah if you're into some uncomfortable trash watch it i actually <laughs> might do that because okay. that's the mode of it it's into. on tubi tv exactly yeah so watch it i've been watching a lot of movies where you can watch it like free on the roku like, channel with let me tell you something to the tubi tv app has the weirdest fucking movies yeah. on it period bizarre shit like this movie so that's the two like trashy things i've been watching um what about you brandon have you been watching anything better than the sun no or the quiet? also a lot of trash <laughs> I have a lot to pick from because I've been watching a lot of trash. Okay. So I'll try to keep it um, <laughs> specific to today's topic. We're, we're talking about crocodiles and alligators um, mm-hmm. in horror films and other films. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of these movies is not like the other. Um, but more about that later. But uh, I guess I should talk about some like aquatic oh. uh, horror kind of stuff I've been okay. watching. I rewatched a movie I saw as a kid, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, every year for my birthday, I watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger film because he brings me joy. And this year, I rewatched Eraser from 1996. Ooh, Have you ever seen that? No. The only time I've heard this movie come up recently was when Chichi Devane on RuPaul's Drag Race, who's <laughs> a Louisiana drag queen, North or West Louisiana? Shreveport. Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Had an episode where Vanessa Williams was on the panel, and Chichi stops the show and is like, I just want you to know that you were wonderful in Eraser, <laughs> which is such an out there. Wait, Vanessa pick. Williams is in it. Yes. You know, I love her. You should watch this. Okay. Like I love her. Um, Wilhelmina Slater, her character in Ugly Betty was one of my favorite characters of all time. Oh, wow. And her one hit wonder, um, save the best for last is, would be if I was ever a drag queen, that would be my slow jam of choice. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so there's a lot of things to praise Vanessa Williams about. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems like a weird choice, like an esoteric choice, uh, but it, it eventually makes sense. So okay. Vanessa Williams stars as this computer programmer type person for this government project. She is everything. To design a future gun. Oof. Like they're making this gun that can see through walls and like sort of like this sickly green, like the Matrix layout. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the net because a lot of it is Vanessa Williams like running away from... She's basically like witness protection uh, with this like forbidden disc that has the plans for the gun on it. Cool. A lot like Sandra Bullock in the net. Um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is protecting her. And, you know, it's fun in a lot of Arnie ways. Like there's a scene where he jumps out of an airplane without a parachute and like survives <laughs> improbably. And that's like really fun. But I think the reason Chi Chi Devane brought this movie up is because there's a scene in the city zoo in Brooklyn where to save Vanessa Williams life. Arnie shoots open the crocodile exhibit at the zoo and these CG crocodiles come out and eat all of the bad guys. And I remembered that as a kid, like all I remembered was the gun because it's, it's kind of a like really specific gun design. And also mm-hmm. that there were crocodiles in this film, which I, I just assumed were gators at the time. Cause I mean, in Louisiana, we only have gators. It's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, like the snout's narrower and like, but still fucking big. Yeah. Regardless. Anyways. And in America, uh, crocodiles don't get that big. Gators are bigger here. 
crocodiles are like huge in Australia and stuff. Hmm. We can talk about the yeah. difference between these two animals later. Later, later, uh, <laughs> later, later. later. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, uh, he releases all these crocodiles and they like chomp on all these bad guys. And the CGI is a little or it's super dated, but it's still really gruesome and extensive. Like I thought I was like sort of overplaying it in memory, but it really is like a lot of gator action. Okay. Croc action. So I'm convinced that is the reason that Chi-Chi Devane, like, fixated on this film. Because she's also from Louisiana. And it just makes sense. And probably saw that, like, as a young kid, too. Also, there's a scene where, to keep one of his other clients in witness protection, he installs this, like, Italian stereotype character as a bartender (laughs) in a drag bar in uh, New York. So there's a little bit of, like, drag queen action in there, too. So it's it's like a Chi-Chi Devane Schwarzenegger film. Racer. Oh, I need to see this. It's it's good, cheesy Schwarzenegger fun. Okay, good. Um. It's not not like an exceptional Arnold movie, but it's worth it for the gators, at least. Also, another aquatic horror film. This has no gators nor crocodiles in it. Um, I watched this film called Dagon from 2001. Uh, it's directed by Stuart Gordon and produced by Brian Usna. They did, like, Reanimator and From Beyond. and Brian Usna Society? Yeah, Usna did Society. Like Wonderful. A lot of, like, 80s and 90s uh, H.P. Lovecraft inspired stuff and this is a hp lovecraft adaptation of a longer novella called uh shadow over innsmouth and it's basically about this like couple who are sort of like yachting on the spanish coast and their boat crashes and they go into town and everyone there is super creepy it's like this old spanish town (laughs) where everything's rotting I love that in movies when it's the whole fucking town that's weird. You oh, know? yeah. Like, that's so scary. And, yeah, this ends up being sort of like the aquatic version of Wicker Man, where, Ooh. like, they're, like, way in over their heads, and this whole town is in on their doom. And it turns out that they're, like, fish people. They made a deal <laughs> cool. with this god that lives under the water. They worship the god, and they give it all this stuff, and in return, the god gives them gold. And as, like, sort of a uh, penance, they start turning into these fishy creatures. Like, they start growing tentacles and things. So they're, like, dragging their bodies along the ground and stuff because they can't walk anymore. And they get these, like, nasty gills, and they're, like, all sickly gray-looking. It's a really cheap, cheesy, early 2000s horror film. It's got even worse CGI than that 90s uh, alligator (laughs) sequence. But uh, it's sufficiently nasty. Like... Almost because it's so cheap and you forget that you're watching something R-rated, every now and then, like, a character will get their, like, face ripped off. And it's, like, <laughs> practical effects gore. Like, the, you watch the skin fall off the, the skull and there's just, like, blood everywhere. And you're like, oh, God. Like, you're sort of, like, taken aback by how nasty it gets. So, yeah, I appreciated it for sort of going there. Nice. On top of being, like, a cheesy CGI-laden, like cheap 2000s film the story sounds great it's though. cool yeah and um it removes a lot of the racism from the early hp lovecraft story so oh, that's good great. Uh, <laughs> just takes it right just out for fun moving forward uh replaces a little <laughs> bit with a uh, sexual assault because they're offering women to this god okay. uh i don't love that but the movie's fun in the way that like reanimator and from beyond are fun yeah uh, so if you want more Stuart gordon films and you haven't seen that one yet uh it's a good one and I'm actually going to be guesting on the We Love to Watch podcast oh, cool. about that movie and another <laughs> Stuart Gordon flick this month. They're doing a whole Summer of Lovecraft uh, <laughs> theme where they're Amazing. talking about H.P. Lovecraft for like two months solid. Oh, and wow. I'll be in one of the last episodes. Oh, very cool. So listen to We Love to Watch. They're a lot like the show, but instead of 
you know how we have like a themed episode they sort of stretch that out over a month so they like dedicate one episode to one movie and they talk about a theme so like over a longer period of time oh, that's kind of cool but their topics are very similar like i i think they could do a killer gators and a killer croc month uh kind of like we're doing this episode and they'd have plenty to talk about Yeah, there's so much out there yeah speaking of which We've already covered our favorite Gator movies before, which is why we're sort of splitting this episode up between Gators and Crocs. <laughs> the word that unites them is crocodilia. So we're doing a, oh. a cinema crocodilia episode. Mm, bon appetit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my favorite Gator movie is Alligator People uh, mm. from the 50s, which is like a fly um, ripoff where an experiment goes awry and someone turns into an alligator person. Right. And your favorite we did for movie of the month before. Fucking alligator. It's called Alligator, simply. From 1980. Ramon! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through the streets of Chicago. Which, I think we should mention that around the time Crawl came out, like the exact weekend <laughs> Crawl came out, yes. there was a small alligator that appeared in Chicago, which makes the movie Alligator seem less ridiculous now. A little bit because it's, someone probably went get a little souvenir, flush it on the toilet. It just made its way out the sewer, so it didn't eat all the radioactive garbage to right. make it giant. <laughs> oh yeah, and there were also news stories about how you shouldn't flush your meth down the toilet because it like affects gators. Uh, <laughs> meth gators. <laughs> meth gators. And also the weekend, um, <laughs> oh my God. crawl came out. Uh, Hurricane Barry hit the Louisiana coast. Yes, I thought that was crazy. All like very eerily timed. Mm-hmm, indeed. So we're going to talk about a killer alligator movie that's in theaters right now. It's called Crawl. And then we're going to talk about some more gators and crocodiles after that. Mm-hmm. And all that's coming up to you right, right now. now. Imagine waking up to find this giant monster in your kitchen. That's what happened to a homeowner in Clearwater, Florida. I have a gigantic alligator who's sitting in my kitchen, a huge one. I'm sorry, is it in your house? Yes. It's huge. I don't know how it got here, but it's here. And now it's time for our movie of the minute. This is where we bounce back and forth recommending films to each other. And I made Brittany go out to the movie theater to go see the movie Crawl, which we previously mentioned. Yeah. Released during Hurricane Barry. Fucking crazy. Released during Chance the Snapper's visit to Chicago. Uh, that was his official <laughs> that name. <is> name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colloquially known as Chance the Snapper. Oh. Um, and also... Released here with this like street marketing campaign where I saw warning posters all around town in these like sort of unconventional places. What? Like, snowball stands and like restaurants around the city had these crawl posters on the wall that made it look like warning there's a gator in the area, but it was actually a movie advertisement. Shut up. I've never seen that before. What? Wait, what what restaurants and stuff? That sushi place that's kinda out by here, like on airline, that's right by the bounce house rental place. Asuka? Yeah, that one. Oh, I love that place. They had one. Oh, they, uh, they sponsor the baby um, night at the movie theater. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's really cute. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And they also had uh, one across from the movie theater. That it's does probably the still night. there. Yeah. Oh, God. I yeah. want to go see it. Go check it out. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And of awesome. course, I was going to be in the theater for this no matter what. I, I did have to wait a week because of the hurricane. We all stayed indoors for... Oh it ended up being no reason, thank God. But I know. Right. But, okay, this is a hurricane movie, though, so it couldn't have been more appropriate. Basically, this Category 5 hurricane hits the Florida coastline, uh, and this girl is at her swim practice for the Florida Gators, the Florida State University Gators swim team. She gets out of practice and realizes her dad hasn't checked in mm-hmm. for the storm. They don't know what they're, what he's doing. 
So she ends up going down to his house, way down in the swamp. Where she's not even allowed to go because they're like, you need to turn around. There's like cars that are flipped over and shit. Yeah, she breaks the barricade or the contraflow. She's a little badass. Yeah. With a Jeep. She reasons with the cops too because it's like a little small community. And right. she's like, hey, you know I know these roads. I'm just going to go check in on my dad. Right. The dad is unconscious in his crawl space under his house. And the floodwaters are rising. The levee's threatening to break. She finds him. And she's about to pull him out, and lo and behold, a gigantic fucking alligator is under there. Yeah. The alligator, like, sort of nips at her leg and, you know, affects her re- <laughs> just ability to swim. Just kind of nips at it a little bit. It, like, pulls her, <laughs> around. pulls her around. Right. And then later, she gets more injuries to her leg as well. Right. And the two of them are just sort of bleeding and helpless. <laughs> In the fucking dirt and yeah. dirty water. They have maybe, like... Maybe like a two foot clearing from the floor oh, was, to the. I kept thinking of the infection because there's like oh, dead so like possums and shit under there, and I'm like, ugh, with those open wounds. The floodwaters rise until there's like no room left in the crawl space. They have yeah. to fight their way into the top of the house, and even that doesn't matter because as they're doing that, more and more gators gather around mm-hmm. until there's just like an improbable number of gators. First off, and second off, I don't know how you feel about this. Maybe we should start here. I'm not that afraid of gators in general when I see them out. Usually they're so still. The thing is, a gator's not going to really come at you. Like, they're more scared of us than we think. Right. And the only time that I'd be concerned, and I've had my run-in with an alligator while I was swimming in a lake off my dad's trawl boat like well, you have to a tell year me what ago. happened. Well, so here's the thing. I'm afraid of being in the water with them because they fucking swim fast and my right. big ass does not swim as fast as an alligator. So my dad, his boat doesn't have like a ladder. So we parked in a lake um, around like Lake Salvador and I wanted to go swimming. So I just jumped off his boat in the middle of this like huge open water lake and I'm swimming around and then he comes out of his boat with like a pistol. And I was like, what the fuck? Is my dad going crazy? And he's like, keep swimming. There's alligator over there, but I'm going to get it before it gets you. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? <laughs> so then I'm like freaking out. This is last summer? Uh, yeah, it was like last 4th of July. Wow. And then I could see the alligator coming towards me. Like, it wasn't coming that fast. It was just kind of swimming. I could see its little head. So there's no ladder for me to climb up. So I have to climb up on his like butterfly nets. And wow. I like, jumped in the boat and I'm like all like cut by the wires and stuff, like ah. bleeding on the deck. <laughs> it was a wild time. That is crazy. Right. My experience with them usually is they don't move though. Actually, and t- after Hurricane Barry, my dad got, uh, it was like a four foot alligator in our front yard. He caught him and went bring him back in the water. Right. Like, cause he was just freaking out. He was like, I don't know where to go. The hurricane sent me here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but he didn't like run at my dad or anything. And that is a legitimate thing that happens. Like, when it floods, they get displaced. And they start showing up in people's kitchens or people's front yards. Right. And And they're confused as shit. Yeah. They don't want to be there. And the thing about alligators is they can't... They can only go straight. So, there is one that chases you. You have to run zigzag-like because then it slows them down. Right. Because they can't turn. And they're a little slower out of the water, too. Mm -hmm. They can swim really fast. Right. From what I understand, crocodiles are much more aggressive in general. Yeah. And swim even faster and get even bigger. But more in, like, other places. Like Like saltwater. Australia. Yeah, exactly. Like Australia. Which we'll definitely get to later. Absolutely. (laughs) But for a Florida movie, these alligators are unusually aggressive, I would say. And monstrous. And it seems so improbable that there's just so many of them in this one concentrated spot. 
eventually the levee does break in the film and the flood gets like roof high uh and it just seems like the water is just like crawling with these <laughs> alligators that are all like only interested in killing and just things. aggressive yeah yeah and they made them scary. Like, I'm not always scared. I love alligators. I think they're very adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like fat dogs, kind of. They're just like, like chunky little fuckers. Like dinosaur dogs. Right. Yeah. And they have like little crooked smiles. Yeah. They're, I think they're cutesy. Yeah. Well, what did you think of this movie in general? Okay. I don't want to say that it's on par with Jaws. I like but it better I think than Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> so amped when i saw it i like left the theater screaming like this is the jaws of our generation it's amazing and i feel like that i loved it so fucking much it was so realistic and it didn't delve into the cheese like it could have yeah it's not like, like it could have gone a movie. totally different way real easily but it felt so like genuine and you were i was interested in everything at every fucking second it was just, and it's, I love those kind of films where it's like, you think they get out scot-free and then something else happens where, and that's what happens in this film. Like they get out the crawl space and you're like, oh, thank God when the fucking levees break and then they get a boat and you're like, oh, thank oh, they God. Got out. And the fucking boat goes through a house and, and then the right water's rising <laughs> and you're like, get on the roof. Like what's going to happen if you get on the roof? Like what happened? Are the alligators going to come on the roof? I do have an alternate ending in this movie I would have preferred. Okay. Uh, I think that um, they get on the roof and then they survive and they find out that the world's been taken over by alligators. Like oh my God. the helicopter coming in to save them is like <laughs> full of alligators and like they get to a different city and they, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it seemed like there's this exponential <laughs> escalation where it just gets worse and worse and the gators get more aggressive and no- more numerous. Yeah. Where, and it's like, I don't think I've ever seen an area and I'm not that familiar with Florida, but that was a ton of alligators for such a small space. And like, if you go out into a swamp, you're never going to see like 10 alligators hanging out together. Right. And mind you, this is like a small town that's been like flooded over and there's like fucking tons. Of, it's just, it's crazy. I should also say, I do appreciate this more than Jaws. I don't think I love Jaws that much. We talked about that a couple of Fourth of July's ago and it was, it's a fun movie. I like Jaws. I like it too. Yeah. But I just like loved this so much where I just kind of, I mean, and I think like we get the seriousness of the hurricane situation. Like that's scary in itself when mm-hmm. you're stuck in a house for a hurricane that's like literally flooding, much less like the biggest alligators you've ever seen in your whole fucking life coming after you. I do think this like is the best hurricane movie I've ever seen. Oh yeah. They reference some stuff. There's like looters, which thankfully oh, just huh. like shithole teens that are having fun and not right. like desperate people who actually need food. Like I don't know if I would have wa- wanted to see it's a bunch of turds and boy do they get theirs. Oh yeah, no one is safe in this movie. Everyone who shows even up if is you're potential. in a boat, which scares the shit out of me. And they reference um, hurricane parties, which feels like sort of a localized uh, idiom. They also mention the radio that you shouldn't shoot guns into hurricanes. And people do that. People do that. That's a real thing. Which I feel like there's like it. some kind of local like flavor to that. Like they did their research and in regards to like what hurricanes are like and prepping and everything and what locals do. So hurricane that was culture. Cool. Hurricane culture. Even those like uh, <laughs> those wind up flashlights she had and those like yep. wind up radios. Have like that is a prepared kit staple. <laughs> Okay, so the hurricane stuff works for you. Absolutely. I have two other things I want to ask you about. Yes. Because these are the things that matter. You can answer them in any order you want. Okay. The relationship between the father and the daughter. Mm-hmm. 
and also the look of the alligators, like their design and like how they were pulled off special effects wise. Alligators, phenomenal. I thought they looked as realistic as they could. It's crazy good CGI. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Good deal. Yeah. Loved that. Blown away. Relationship between the father and daughter totally got at my heartstrings. Like it felt very genuine to me. He's like training her as a kid. Apex to predator. Become the apex <laughs> predator in the pool, which is funny. Um, that phrase comes up a lot in alligator and crocodile discussions <laughs> because she has to be that right to save them and her swimming uh, obviously comes into play later when she's like swimming around in floodwaters right. too even though her leg's been chomped on a little bit i liked that because I, I just like the father-daughter relationship because obviously they had issues because the father's been divorced from the mother and he's not as close with the daughter as they once were and all this kind of stuff but you know who holds that family together? Who's that? The dog? The star of the show. <laughs> Sugar. Okay. I was blown away by Sugar. I've never seen a dog in a film that was this vital to a relationship of a family. Where I just think, I think that like her bringing Sugar to go find her dad. And then whenever everything's getting bad, like he's like, oh, Sugar, Sugar. <laughs> like, you know, they just, they're, they love that dog yeah. so much. And she's there for both of them. So I think she has a lot to do with bringing them together and getting them closer through this alligator-infested water hurricane drama. I did um, have sort of my heart in my throat watching Sugar swim through the flood water, like, no, 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 not Sugar. went to a different way than I thought it would, and I'm so thrilled. I don't know if I want to give that away, but I will say what happens in the film is there's a lot of setup for stuff like that. Like, Sugar's swimming in the flood water and you expect it to go one way, or like, a cop will be looking down into the crawl space and like calls out <laughs> like, to his partner. Hello? <laughs> yeah. And it's always good misdirect. Like the camera and the positioning makes you expect something to come from one direction. And then every single time it surprises you. Right. Like the gator attacks come from these like unexpected angles. The gators right. look unexpectedly real. Yes. And they get bigger and there's more of them. Like it's this, a shocking. They twist. knew how to keep us like engaged and keep us guessing where at first I'm like, I, you know, Oh, I watched so many movies. Like I know exactly what's going to happen. Fuck. No, I didn't. I love that so much about this movie, but yeah, sugar, great dog. And I love this so much because I always have arguments with people where I'm like, if there's ever a situation with a hurricane, I would never leave my dog at home. No. And a lot of people are like, well, well, sometimes it gets really bad and you can't really, whatever. They were in alligator infested waters and they were fucking carrying sugar with them waist deep to get to that boat. Yeah. And I would have done the same thing for my dog. And I love that so much. It would be harder with a cat, I think. Even with a cat carrier. I would shove him in like a backpack. It would be hard, but you could do it. Yeah. A dog, you kind of have to try. I mean. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was sweet how like they didn't leave her behind. They were like, we're going to get to this random boat through all these alligators and we're bringing sugar with us. Effectively, they're a three person family as far as exactly. I love that. But I liked how they didn't have like the sappy like father daughter relationship. It was kind of like it had its own. Um, it wasn't perfect, but then it was real. They had issues to work through. Exactly. While like that. fighting off these giant dino beasts. <laughs> how, did you, how did you like that, Brandon? I didn't care that much about it, okay. to be honest. Uh, I, I thought it was a good setup, especially with, you know, working in the swim team stuff, like how him making her more competitive. That kind of sucked because I hate those parents. Yeah, but it, at least it's a theme. Like it, right. it's something they're critical of him about. 
and like how she is kind of damaged because her self-worth is so focused on how well she does in like, the swim team and she's, she's not that good <laughs> like yeah she's, she's really good she's but really good she's but not the best right and then she is so hard on herself where it's like wow you just accomplished something amazing that probably not a lot of people could and it's like well it wasn't the best so it sucks it was weird so i put that kind of parenting on par with like the pageant mom shit oh, it's the same thing it's the same shit yeah just with sports and it sucks and it's really hard to watch it's hard on the kids and i i do think the movie deals with like the effect of it a little bit yeah uh but it's not what i was focused on i mean i was more like just really impressed by the setups for each gator gag like so good every scene where you think you know how and where the gators are going to show up and what they're going to look like it really upends your expectations. Well, there's this like um, this drain pipe they have. Oh, that part was cool. So there's a drain pipe they have to like alleviate the water whenever it floods because this area floods a lot. And it's kind of the only way out because this giant gator is just like perched up against like the only exit from the crawl space. So she's like, I'm gonna go through the pipe where the gators were coming from. And so she goes through this fucking pipe where she has to, like, swim through it and hold her breath. And then there's alligators swimming underwater in front of it. And I, I was just, like, screaming the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. And then she finally gets to, like, up the pipe where there's this, like, little plot of land or whatever. And there's, like, broken eggs with, like, alligator yolk all over her fingers. And she's like, oh, no. She's in the <laughs> nest. Which I expected, like, a bunch of little gators to come nibbling at her or something. Right. <laughs> that would have been cute. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, overall, like, I really thought this was even better than it had any it chance to so be. It was so good. Yeah. I think this is going to be, like, one of my favorite movies of 2019. I'm into that. That's cool. As, like, as far as, like, creature features go, like, yeah. this was awesome. Well, if you think about it, recently we had a few summers in a row where there were, like, shark attack movies. Mm-hmm. There's one where, like, Blake Lively's on a rock for two hours and oh, fights yeah. off a shark. The Shallows. And then there's also 47 meters down. They're coming out with another one, right? Oh, God. It's just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are. I, I didn't love that movie. Yeah, it's okay. But this is the best in that genre that we've mm-hmm. seen recently. Easily. It really satisfies in a way those shark movies didn't for me. Even though I liked The Shallow, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I just really loved this way more. This is like more interactive with the gators. Like It's not like you just see it every now and then. Like You see them all the time. And the jump scares really worked with like a oh crowd. Like everyone was sort of like jumping and shouting and oh. yeah, it was cool. There's a part and I'm not going to say who, but where like someone gets their arm ripped off. Nice. And I started fucking screaming. I was <laughs> pushed up against my like seat in the theater and I was at that like dining moving theater and this guy next to me was eating burgers and fries and I almost threw them off his fucking table. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> It was just, oh, God, it, it was it was driving me crazy in the best way possible. I loved it. And that's the best kind of like summertime movie experience. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. Difference between alligators and crocodiles, if this was a croc, I'd be just a bleeding mess right now, and you'd probably have your leg ripped off. Crocodiles are so aggressive, they just hit yeah. with such power and speed yeah. and ferocity that you can't get out of the way quick enough. You can see this gator, you're actually able to pat on him and yeah. love on him. He has a couple of strikes. I don't want to love on him, but yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. So like I said earlier, we've kind of already talked about our favorite gator movies before. So we kind of ventured into crocodile movies uh, to yes. pair with Crawl, just to open it up a little bit. 
I picked a movie I had never seen before either, but I was just interested in it. It's called Eaten Alive. Uh, it's also <laughs> known by like Death Trap and like Starlight Horror and like Horror Hotel. It's got a bunch of names. Like all shitty movies, do. right? Right. <laughs> Especially movies from the seventies because they all like were distributed regionally on the drive-in movie circuit. Mm. This is from 1976. It's directed by Toby Hooper, and it's his follow-up after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's kind of got the parts of Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I don't love. It's just nonstop shrill mayhem for, like, (laughs) 90 minutes. It just doesn't let up. I would call it an aggravating movie, which makes me makes it sound like I really didn't like it. You couldn't understand what anyone was saying because they were just yelling the whole right. time. Everyone is on 11 at all times. <laughs> Most significantly, I would say a child who whimpers for like the entire movie because her dog is eaten. So I get it. Can I talk about that child real quick? Sure. So the child is Kyle Richards. Who is that? Who is one of my favorite Real Housewives. She is a Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. So the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills do include celebrities. So Kyle Richards, Denise Richards is in that group as well. She's badass. I love Denise. Yeah. I'll have to tell you something she did later in the show. It's great. (laughs) And Lisa Renna. And they're all great. Well, Kyle Richards, her sister is Kim Richards, who was the little girl in Escape to Witch Mountain. Okay. And their older sister is Kathy Hilton, who is Paris Hilton's mother. Wow. Yeah. And this wealthiest circle of people some have to do with this, like, really grimy <laughs> grindhouse horror and film. And the whole time, like, because her mother, I think, was an actress, Kyle's mother. So, like, the whole time, I'm just like, what did she say? Like, okay, sweetie, just go scream for a good two hours while you crawl under a house. Just whimpering. Ah! <laughs> it's not even the screaming. It's like the, uh, uh, uh. She's like really uncomfortable. Well, yeah, she's, and I get it. It's a weird man with the scythe. And a gator eater dog is eating her dog. Snoopy. Okay, so okay. here's the premise of this film. <laughs> There's a Cajun man in the Texas swamps, and this is like Podunk um, swamp people thing in a way that <laughs> when we talked about like Belazare the Cajun and stuff, it was like, oh, this is when Cajun people started making films about themselves. This feels like earlier than that when like <laughs> Hollywood people are like people from the swamp are scary and this is what they're like. <laughs> Am I off base by saying no, this? No, you're right. Okay. I never felt more dirty than when I watched this movie. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so disgusting. Like there's this nasty fucking motel with this fucking filthy dude that looks like a perv that hasn't washed himself in weeks and there's a whorehouse around the corner that's like the two locations besides like a dive with a bar. bunch of filthy dudes going to it and then that nasty dirty dive bar it was just a dirty ass town and that's kind of <laughs> like toby hooper's thing with texas chainsaw too right like right. everyone's a maniac and everything is gross everything is clean right <laughs> I could smell it. Like, you know, when you go to like, when you're traveling and you stop at a gas station in Mississippi, it's kind of rinky dink and you go in the bathroom and it smells like that weird soap Mm -hmm. and cigarette juice and filth. Oh yeah. I smelled that the whole time. And that's probably generous. Like it probably smelled worse (laughs) than that. The guy also looks like um, Stephen King a little bit, I think. I was going to say Stephen King, whenever he was in the creep show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's playing like a redneck character. And he talks like him too. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is a creepy motel owner. It's like the, the Starlight, Starlight Inn, <laughs> or the Starlight Motel, whatever, in the swamp near the whorehouse, 
and he is unwell <laughs> to say the least yeah it's not like norman bates where like he's hiding it and like playing this like handsome guy and then like no freaks out behind the scenes <laughs> it's just weird. he's just not right a group of people sort of trickle into his motel over the course of the movie right. it's not really worth explaining each thing Mm-mm. that happens no, but not at all a runaway prostitute one of miss hattie's girls right <laughs> from down the way also a group of people who claim to be her family and are looking for that very sex right. worker also robert england pre freddy krueger uh playing like a buck who wants to fuck yeah <laughs> as he says in the beginning buck who is really interested in finding someone who'll do anal with him and that is his sole <laughs> search That's all he wants yeah also i'm missing somebody oh yeah and then a family that, that comes family. through okay and these are like uptight city people that find themselves in the swamp let's talk about the family for a quick second because i didn't understand it like the dad would like shake violently and then like run around and scream and i'm like are they on drugs the whole movie feels like that like no one is acting human everyone is like turned up as if they've all been drugged like it's weird like the mom has a wig on like a short black wig and, and takes she takes it off. it off and she has long blonde hair and then the dad goes up to her and clenches his fists and like pretends to punch her but doesn't while he's like making this crazy face and sweating and then he sits in his chair and does other weird shit with his hands. Well, they're a married couple who hate each other. That is all we really know about okay, them. Okay, well, they... <laughs> they like fucking hate it's each other's unhealthy. guts. Okay. They stop at the motel because the dad needs to pee. <laughs> and what happens is immediately this crocodile eats the little girl's dog they have right. like a daughter with a dog and the crocodile eats the dog and the girl watches it happen after they find a dead monkey <laughs> oh yeah and there's another god damn it's such a weird such a gross movie um movie. so the crocodile is the pet of the motel owner he specifically got a crocodile because it's meaner than alligators <laughs> and swims faster and kills better isn't he call him like something nile or he's from the Nile? Something like that. I couldn't understand what he was saying. Yeah. But yeah, he's from Africa. The so crocodile. This um, uh, sexually deviant, creepy, Stephen King looking motherfucker oh. just kills people with a hoe, like a backhoe and a scythe, <laughs> and then yeah. feeds them to his pet crocodile, which is in the movie, basically a, a big puppet. It's like a big puppet they put head. in the water. Yeah. Um, you see a little bit of the body, but yeah, it's like a very immobile puppet. But I guess what I'm saying is it's like a headache of a movie. <laughs> Everyone is annoying. Right. Everything is loud and shrill and gross, but I kind of appreciated how gross it is. Like, it's impressively nasty. It's fun. Did you enjoy watching I it? I did. Okay. I liked it. I didn't hate it. It was terrible, but it was a fun, it was a good time. Um, just the the motel owner in general, like I could not figure that guy out. Where whenever um, the Miss Hattie's girl, the initial girl, like Miss Hattie there, is the uh, the brothel yes. owner, the uh, madam. And when he found out, like, oh, you're one of those girls, like he hugs her aggressively and then like lifts her up and then throw. Like he just does weird stuff where you're like, what are you trying to do? Like I couldn't figure out. Like, are you trying to have sex with her? Are you trying to murder her? Like, what's your goal? No one's motivations make any sense. People yeah. just act strangely and then get eaten by an al- a crocodile. And then they have, like, this scene where it's at, like, a local bar. And there's this, like, tall, like, goober-looking guy with a cowboy hat that they really focus on. But then he never comes back. 
it was just like there's like a lot of like weird pointless scenes where yeah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what was the purpose of focusing on that guy for ten minutes? Early Toby Hooper movies like Texas Chainsaw and The Fun House, which you've done before, love that movie. They mm-hmm. kind of feel like this. Like everyone's acting very oddly, and right. things are just gross and hardly anyone's likable. <laughs> Nothing and... is disinfected. No, <laughs> not no. at all. Now I will say what all those movies have in common too is like a really cool production design. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't filmed in the swamp. It's filmed on the soundstage in California mm. and they built this fake looking little swamp village <laughs> and it's so fake and so artificial that it's like surreal. It feels like a dream. And right. there's all this like swamp fog that they light with these like neon lights and stuff. It's awesome. It looks really cool. Yeah. So I was impressed by it, even though I was very aggravated by it. The movie purposefully makes you feel like on edge mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think is pleasant, but that was kind of the point. So right. I can't like dock it for that. No, know? it was fun. I, I I enjoyed the time watching it, even really? though it was fucking crazy. I just was like, why is everybody screaming? Why is everybody so sweaty? And why are they all like just spit screaming at everything? Like, I didn't know what was going on. I don't know either. And I watched it twice. But uh, the fact that short. he had like a giant scythe. <laughs> that he was like getting people with that it looked just like the grim reapers right and it was just hanging out on his porch of the starlight motel awesome i'm glad you didn't hate it no because i could see someone hating this and i'd be like yes that makes sense i was like engaged the whole time where i I, I was like what the fuck's gonna happen but i just didn't care about the plot like i didn't care about this missing girl and the parents coming to find her or whatever i was like yeah i don't think the movie really cares that much either it doesn't but I was at least glad that I picked it because through the back half of the film, uh-huh. the little girl is crawling under the crawl space Kyle. beneath the motel and trying not to get killed by the redneck and trying not to get killed by the gators. Now she's a multimillionaire living in Beverly Hills yeah. with a handsome real estate owner for a husband <laughs> named Mauricio. <laughs> so she made it out. She okay. did. She's okay. She's not screaming anymore. Whimpering and like... Just crying. wearing a bunch of captains. She turns out to be a pretty resilient little kid. <laughs> the, I liked all like the close-ups of her with her like crooked kid teeth just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like she reminded me of like a cat, like a, a mean cat hissing. And he is swiping at her with that scythe too. Oh, he's trying to kill this child. When she's underneath the house, he locks her in and then opens up the gate for the alligator to go under the house to get her. Right. <laughs> What'd you think of the crocodile puppet? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, considering right. th- how crappy the other stuff was, I thought it looked pretty neat. It looked like a Disney World decoration. Like, oh, you're in Pirates of the Caribbean. There's exactly. like an alligator in the water. And it's totally like, that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But yeah, for like a cheap ass drive-in film, impressively it's good. looking and impressively gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not it's not pleasant enough to watch for me to be like in love with it, but I'm, I'm glad I finally saw it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. What did you make me watch for this episode? Well, as a palate cleanser from all the filth, God, <laughs> I was thinking of a more wholesome film about crocodilia, and I chose um, the Crocodile Hunter Collision Course from 2002, which was... The pinnacle of Steve Irwin's The Crocodile Hunter career, where he was the shit and was taken over Discovery Channel and Animal Planet. This is a real movie that went to real movie theaters based on a reality TV show. That my mom brought me and my brother see. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. We were so we were huge Crocodile Hunter fans. I had never heard of this film, and I had never really? seen an episode of the show before. <gasps> well, I was aware of it, but I'd never seen it. It's pretty much the movie. So this film 
has a plot. It's not super important, though. So basically, there's some kind of like spacecraft that explodes, and there's a monitor that flies, and the US government's trying to track it because it has really important information that could change the world in it. So they're like, where is it? And they're like, oh, it's in Australia. And then the scene kind of flips to Australian Outback, the little, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's like a black box from an airplane, kind of, but it's from a satellite instead. Right. Let's call it the satellite tracker. Yeah. A big old crocodile eats it. It just lands right <laughs> by a big croc and he and eats it goes, it one whoop. chomp. Yeah, chomps it up. And in the trailer for the film, they edit in a burp to make it funny. He goes, Bleh. <laughs> So the government is like, God, what do the Australians know? Like, why do they have this? So they send some agents to go find it. Well, then the film just completely flips over and it's Steve Irwin and... Oh, crikey. (laughs) Yes. And Terry Irwin. And basically like 80% of this film is a Crocodile Hunter episode where this is real stuff they they did all the time, which I loved. That's what I think was so cool about this movie even though it's kind of like a TV episode in a weird way, is there's nothing fake. Like all these animals he's fucking with, they're all real. There's right. no props. The crocodiles are real. All the stuff he's he's saying, he did this. Like he grew up wrestling crocodiles to save them. Like if there's a crocodile that comes out of the way and is like, you know, around an area where poachers hunt or where people will shoot it, or if it's in danger of being hit by a car, any kind of creature or animal, like kind of the the more like unsavory animals of Australia, like he'll rescue them and like bring them to like where they should be and or bring them back to the zoo of Australia to um, do some research on them to see how we can better help. But for TV, it's not just animal conservation, which he's saying out loud. He's like Mm -hmm. explaining what you're saying. Like this crocodile isn't encroaching on our territory. We're in his territory. So he's like pissed off. Right. We need to get him to this like other place where it's safer. Right. He's saying that out loud, but what he's also doing is pissing these animals off so that they're entertaining for the camera. And it's framed as education in that he's like, this is why you shouldn't fuck with alligators or why you shouldn't like tempt this poisonous uh, spider. But really he's also pissing it off on purpose. So so we could see it. (laughs) Well, so we could be educated so we can know. I mean, when you look at national geographic magazine, that's what they're doing. They're just doing it in photos and he's just doing it in real life. We're educated, but we're also entertained. It's edutainment. It's a little both. I know, but I do like how, I mean, sometimes it's like, Oh, is he exploiting the animals? But he really was like rescuing them and saving them. I love him. And pissing them off. (laughs) And pissing them off. And he was doing it for the best reason. I do like him though. He's a very He's such like a wholesome person. person. Yeah. And like means well and like loves animals so much. Okay, he is adorable. Yes. He's also like kind of a macho bro in ways that kept catching me off guard. Like this, what? Like uh him and his wife wrestle an alligator on a boat and they're like very tired after and they're like laying down and he just slaps her ass <laughs> for the camera. <laughs> He's Australian. He's just having a good time. He's got this like macho bro kind of thing that like creeps up in a way you don't expect because he's so like energetic and like cartoonish in other ways. Or like he'll be chasing a lizard around and he's like, oh yeah, that lizard's going to find some handsome Sheilas. Some Sheilas. Some some cute Sheilas. They're waiting for him. Yeah. (laughs) He's got kind of like a macho traditional outlook that i didn't really expect you didn't expect because you get kind of a kid show vibe out of him right uh but it's not really that he's a little more grown up than that right well good yeah i'm glad you realized that yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
he's kind of like at the at the time where his show was hot there was another uh the jeff corwin experience and jeff corwin mm. was such like a ugh, a snooze like compared to steve Irwin. he was just kind of like look at this alligator right over here isn't it so beautiful and steve Irwin was like look at that beautiful sheila over there gonna jump on her and bring her back to where she belongs oh crocodile poo i'm gonna save some of this for later and puts it in his and just like sniffing his hands <laughs> He loves crocodiles so he much loves, that he stores their shit in his shirt for right. later. Research it later. And he's like <laughs> digging through it to he's like finding lizard claws and stuff like that. But I loved like him and Terry. Like their relationship was so authentic. And his kids are great too. Like he has a son who does the same shit he does. Oh, cool. And is still passionate about animals like how he was. It's really cool. So the movie is essentially a lot of what he did in his TV show. Mixed with CIA stuff. Yeah. And can we talk about my favorite character in this movie? Uh, the lady from Babe and Babe Pig in the City. And she's also in Kath and Cam. Oh, nice. She's um Cam's best friend. Which is an Australian show that you like. Yeah. Yeah. It's super funny. I've never seen it. Well, her name is Brosy. And she has her own theme song <laughs> where it's like this. And she has like this scooter. And she lives on a cattle farm with, like, a million dogs that just follow her while she's on her scooter. And she tries to shoot gators because they are coming for her cattle. I feel like she's the cautionary tale, right? Like, she's not. She's what you're not supposed to do. She thinks she can best this gator that's on her, this crocodile that's on her property. And Steve Irwin's there to tell you, like, don't do this. Call on a professional. Right. And she has this, like, very broad kids show feel where like she keeps fucking up and it's supposed to be funny that she like falls down and, like, like she falls down after she tries to use a raw chicken to catch an alligator right um which people um in my neighborhood growing up would do they would put a stick by the ditch and put a like a raw drumstick and uh-huh. hang it so they can catch the alligator that's been screwing around in their yard so i thought that was pretty funny because mm-hmm. i mean that never fucking works they're just gonna eat the chicken and leave leave <laughs> they're, <pretty laughs> they're not <quick>. stupid <laughs> And yeah, and these crocodiles are very, like, quick in the water and, like, very strong. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can see when he's trying to, like, wrestle them where what he does is he'll jump on them while he's in the water, like, at night with their little, you know, light helmets. And Terry is really helpful with this, too, where they have to put this rope around their mouth a certain way so they don't snap. And then they put them in the boat, drive them, and then drop them off further out in the water so they don't get shot by brosies after they slap each other's butts a few times after a couple of butt slaps <laughs> they just love having a good time yeah yeah well she was seen with like russell crowe what terry um Irwin. yeah like a few i think like a couple of months ago oh, or after something. his death okay yeah he's been okay, dead yeah. right <laughs> steve Irwin is dead uh yes in case you didn't know he got uh, stabbed in the heart with a stingray which is really sad right I mean, I didn't really know that much about him at the time, but it makes me sad now. It was sad. Like, I don't know. I think because, like, I grew up with him, like, me and my younger brother were so, like, infatuated. And I was never really that interested in wildlife until I saw his show. Oh, nice. And then I was, yeah, I thought it was, like, really cool. Which is, like, kind of show, like, you know, things we don't see all the time. And not to, when you see a snake, don't, like, kill it or something because it's part of our ecosystem. We need it. And it's not fucking with you, so leave it alone. Right. You know, stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Well, anyways, all the stunts that Steve does are real. And all this, all the clips of, like, him messing with animals, I think they just, there was so much that was being done. Like, basically, they were like, oh, we want to make a movie, so we're going to use some footage of, like, you just doing your regular thing. So a lot of that was just chosen randomly 
throughout like a time period. Yeah. Um, they kind of picked like the greatest hits of all his experiences. And it didn't really seem like he knew there was a plot to work with for most of the film. They kind of tied in together. At they the kind end. of throw it in at the end where like he finds the alligator and he thinks he's rescuing it from poachers, but it's really the CIA agents that are trying to get the satellite thing. But we're talking about the, the last 10 minutes of the movie. The like, last 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like throws the little satellite for his dog, Suey, who also joins him and Terry on their yeah. adventures. Suey looked really concerned on that boat when they were pulling the so on. <laughs> yeah. She like hides underneath and she's like, Ooh. that would be me. I'd be the dog. Yeah. Co- you, cowering. Such a Suey. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so he's like throwing it like, Oh, let's, play fetch because he's like look at this garbage that people are leaving in the water that our animals are eating and then he turns around and there's like 50 military hair helicopters hovering over him and he's like crikey <laughs> like it's so funny but yeah so i mean that's generally it yeah collision course what did you think about it brandon well i think that this was great as an excuse to watch what felt like an episode or two of Crocodile Hunter yeah. with Steve Irwin. Yes. Because I had never seen the show oh, before. Good. And I and did enjoy it, and I, I get the appeal of it instantly. Like, he's an adorable, strange person who doesn't exist anymore. And even at the time, he would have felt like sort of old-fashioned, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of cool to get an introduction to it. Yeah. When I would probably not likely sit down and watch a couple episodes of this reality show from like 15 years ago. Or longer now. So that was interesting, and it felt like they were getting interrupted by a movie I didn't care about. Like, (laughs) the CIA stuff is so separate and so not as interesting as the Steve Irwin stuff that every time it happened, it felt like a commercial break for a TV show. You didn't at least like fake President Bush? Yeah, that guy... (laughs) They have a Bush impersonator that I feel like was in a lot of stuff around that time. Yeah. (laughs) That was his job. Right. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, What format did you watch this in? I saw it in theaters, and then I ha- I got it on DVD whenever I was, like, younger, and I still have it on DVD. Do you happen to know if the DVD you have is full screen or widescreen? Widescreen. Okay. So you would notice this. This is fucking nuts, and I think it's my favorite thing about this movie. Well, I have two favorite things about this movie. Ooh. One is that the MGM logo, they replaced the lion with a crocodile. Fun. <laughs> and it roars. It's fun. That's yeah. great. That's probably my favorite moment of the whole film. <laughs> No insults or anything else. It's just that cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Other thing that's nuts is that the documentary parts and the fiction parts are so separate that they didn't even film in the same fucking aspect ratio. (laughs) Uh, Yes. All the film parts are in a widescreen band. Like they're like letterboxed. Right. And then all of the documentary parts are shot in full screen as if it was for TV. (laughs) The way they get around that. If you, like, stream it off of, like, Amazon right now or right. Hulu or whatever thing it's on. It's fixed. It's fixed. So, like, the doco part, he calls it docos because he's Australian. That's yeah. That's an Australian thing, apparently. So But cool. it sort of, like, floats in the middle of the frame. It's, like, letterbox on all sides. <laughs> and it's just so funny how clear it is that these two productions are not in sync with each other. Right. That they didn't even get, like, a common aspect ratio together. Like, it's sort of, like, just, like... You do whatever you're going to do, and we're going to make a movie around you. And <laughs> right. Like retrofit That's exactly it. what happened. Yeah. If they would have known, like, if they could have been a pioneer for how, like, what, you know, we're always talking about, like, what makes a movie a movie. We watched the road movie where it's just compilations of, like, dash cam footage from Russia. Yeah. That was a movie. They could have just made a movie of him doing a bunch of shit on the big screen. Honestly, that is the best case scenario for this is it would have just been an extensive episode of him 
going on a very specific mission. Or to find like one animal or something. Right. Something very specific. Maybe something that needed 90 minutes instead of 50 or ever long as television episodes were. Right. So that you could tell a story but not need to make it a real movie uh, by adding all this fictional stuff. I don't think like the Irwins gave a shit that much. They, no. they seem like the kind of people that should be like, yeah, sure, cool. They were just doing their job Whatever. and then MGM made this movie around them. Right. I like that, though, because it feels like a relic from a different time. Yeah, exactly. Where that wouldn't be able to fly in current times, I think. You know, like, I think it would be like, no, that's weird. Let's not do that. Well, in the early 2000s, like, reality TV was more of a novelty. Right. And there were a few, um, I'm remembering, like, The Real Cancun was one. Uh, and a couple others, like, there were a few novelty movies that were trying to translate this cheap-ass format. Mm-hmm. The reason people made it was that it was cheap. You have to pay right. writers and things. To the big screen. Like, how do we make the movie version of this reality show? And this one does it in, like, the most obvious, clunky way possible. And in the end, speaking of, like, little extra stuff this movie did, where they have all the bloopers, there's a Crocodile Rock song. And it's it's from the Baja Man. Oh, God. Where it's, like, they basically, like, reword the lyrics to Elton John's The Crocodile Rock (laughs) to go with this movie. Which is now the second Baja Men song that I know exists. <laughs> Just Who Let the Dogs no, Out and this three. Crocodile Rock song. And then the In the Jungle. They did their own did version, version of that. Of so okay. well, that's three Baja Men. Two out of three songs are covers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought that was really funny, though, how they ended with yeah, the Baja Men, Crocodile Rock. And I could see how kids would really be into that and be into... Totally. Um, the character from Babe, I, I, I wish I knew her name. What's her name? Magda Zubansky is yeah. her real name. She's fun. Like, she feels like she's there for the kids. Right. Uh, and even, like, the CIA stuff feels really like, broad. Like, her humor is, like, it's very, like, slapsticky, like, you know, slipping in the mud and yeah. yelling and falling and making ass out of herself. Yeah, getting <laughs> dirty with the swamp mud. With all the poop in the mud. Yeah. And the dogs. And there's a few poop jokes in, like, fart jokes in the mm-hmm. film it, it's pretty so like good kid friendly in right. a way even though there's like deadly lethal danger <laughs> like every couple of scenes well, too i am so glad that we got to see and talk about this forgotten gem because i think it's forgotten at this point yeah it's a relic it's a relic a relic yeah. of the early 2000s and i was so surprised but roger ebert gave this three out of four stars what did he say about it really liked it that's amazing yeah i can see that even when it's bad, it's like charmingly goofy. That's the thing too, where it's like, oh, it's shitty, but he's so charming and yeah. like good. They're both like so good hearted that you can't hate this movie. Well, he's never the problem. Anytime Steve or Terry are on the screen, it's, it's a joy. It's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. The other stuff they sort of cram in there to try to make a real movie, quote unquote, right. out of it. It's like, you did not need to do this work. I didn't read that much about it, but I read that um, they filmed way more stuff than actually went into the film. Mm-hmm. And there were like hundreds of dangerous animals they filmed for yeah. this that didn't make it to the screen. <laughs> and it's like, we sacrificed that for more satellite right. talk. Because I think at that time, Hollywood was like, to have a movie, we have to have this crazy plot or something. We can't just like throw all this cool stuff out there when in reality that's all we want right right like we don't care about the damn cia they suck i think you're right like this the uh the road movie is like a better template for this like if it had just been steve Irwin without any context that's more of like a 2019 approach to the same 
style. <laughs> right. A more modern approach. But I still can't even picture like a reality TV show having a movie version of it in the theaters right now. So it seems impossible. There's a thing where I don't know if you've seen it, but I am heavily into the Real Housewife franchises. Okay. And when they release like movie trailers, they incorporate the housewives in them. Never seen Like that. for the what's the Marvel Girl character? Uh movie? Captain Marvel? For the Captain Marvel movie, they had a blockbuster that was like run down and like Lisa Renna from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was running in to return her movie and like Chris Jenner is on her car phone while she's doing it. Wait, so it's sponsored content made by the Desperate Housewives camera crew? To advertise movies? They like they make movie trailers, and during the trailers, they throw in Real Housewives characters. I don't know what you mean, like, during the trailers. Like, on the TV show? Like, during the commercial breaks? Yeah, but, like, okay. not only on Bravo. Like, on other networks. That's crazy. I've it's never seen awesome. that. Yeah. So, if there's ever, like, a Real Housewives the movie, like, kill me now. I'm ready for it. I'd be interested. Like, But the, I'll, be- I'll send you some of them just so you can, like, see what I'm talking about. It's insane. Like, we talked about this with the road movie, too. Like, this kind of, like, trash media doesn't get remembered very well. And, like, making an official movie version of it, like, sort of <laughs> legitimizes it a little bit. Like, I never watched Crocodile Hunter. Just right. like I never watch those uh, Russian dash cam videos. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's edited together in a feature film, and all of a sudden it feels like it's a time capsule. I don't know. It, it's very funny to me that someone thought they could translate reality TV to the big screen. And the way they did it was just so obvious and like the least imaginative way to do it. And that kind of <laughs> makes it more interesting. The CIA. <laughs> and I really cannot tell you how much I marked out when that crocodile showed up instead of the line in the MGM logo. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was the most charming fucking thing I've ever seen. And it just won me over instantly. It was <laughs> like, like the one of the only movies that don't villainize the crocodiles and the alligators right, too. Right. Like it's not making them the bad guys. You feel sympathy. You're like, help them get out. We suck. Even the big scary one, like right, that Brosie was trying to shoot. Right. You want it to get back to its place and not be right. around humans. You want Steve to wrestle him, and then when he tries to, he goes on a wacky adventure <laughs> on his boat through this like giant river. <laughs> Would it be safe to say that Crawl was your favorite movie we talked about today? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. I thought the other two were, like, more interesting in, like, their own cultural context. Right. Eaten Alive was interesting because it's a, you know, crocodile-flavored Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Like, dirty old 70s movie. Yeah, and then this one's interesting as, like, a time when reality TV was new and no one knew what to do with it. I just, like, that. the time this film came out, I remember they had toys for the movie that were sold at, like, Kmart. Which none of that exists anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's so insane. And the movie made, like, 30 million off of, like, a 12 million budget. It didn't do bad. It was one of the first films that my family got on DVD. That's when DVDs, you had to, like, we were in that DVD club where it's, like, buy three and then you get one oh, free yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Like, the CD clubs. Because you, they weren't even at Walmart at this point. You know what I mean? Like, it was still VHS tapes everywhere. So I remember we were like, ooh, we got it on DVD for our DVD player. We're so cool. I do remember, like, that time when, like, households had, like, five DVDs and you just watched the same movie over and over And it again. was, like, so rare. Yeah, because yeah. we had, like, I think that and, like, The Lord of the Rings or something. And it was just, ooh. Like, they weren't as available as they are now. I remember the only two movies we had that my sister and I could agree on were um, My Cousin Vinny and Clueless so we just cool. watch those all the time 
Yes. <laughs> Very long time ago. <laughs> Seems insane to think about now. It's weird yeah. when you think about like how like I mean there's like a five dollar bin. How much the internet has just changed everything. And the internet, like we don't even use DVDs anymore. Although I love them. It's easy to be nostalgic thinking Ugh. about this uh, Steve Irwin film. It was definitely a time capsule. So of a Steve different time. Irwin days. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I've never missed him before, but I miss him now. It's oh, cool. sad to think he's It was not sad here. when he died because he was just so, like, I don't know. He felt like America's dad in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just such a wholesome person that was, like, a nice guy. Like, he never had, like, any... He never did anything weird. You know, he was a good father, loyal to his wife and his family, and just wanted to help the animals. I don't know. I, I see... Um, press clippings of him like almost like weightlifting his wife at like press events and like just he's got this kind of like old, he's a funny man he's got this traditional macho energy that mm-hmm. i do not identify with at okay. all and it seeps through in the film too in ways i didn't expect like when he slapped his wife butt i was like oh my god <laughs> like i didn't, really didn't expect it and it really stuck with me but- i was hoping she'd fart <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think that's like a knock against him or anything, though. I was just like surprised that that's part of his personality and not something I really picked up on without gotcha. watching the show. But anyway, I could talk about <laughs> crocodile movies again, too. Like, yeah, there's so many more. We could do more, yeah. Yeah, like we've just tapped this a right. little bit. <laughs> there's so much more out there. Um, if you want to read more about stuff we've already done, early on on this show, we did an episode where we talked about alligator people, me and James. Sweet. Which is one of my favorites. And... You and I and Boomer and maybe Allie, we did a movie of the month discussion of Alligator, the oh, film yeah. where the gator invades Chicago. Oh, so God, I love- that movie is so fucking great. If you look at um, swampflix.com and our movie of the month page, scroll down to you see the alligator and there's four <laughs> articles about that movie. Well, we are like gator movie people, like with the logo of Swamp Flix. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like- we're just we're born to watch these gator films. This is our natural habitat. <laughs> That's why I feel so comfortable. <laughs> Next episode on the show, James and I are going to be talking about Larry Cohen movies, oh, uh, his early career, and I will also be on the We Love to Watch podcast talking about Dagon later this month. I'm excited too. about that. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that a whole month of like Lovecraftian films. They've already done a few, and they've all nice. been great. Yeah. Okay, cool. And we'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye.